Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. All right. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for coming on the call. Seven o'clock on February the 19th. And we are in session. God is good. And we are ready to get started. Um, I did not record, I think I'm on speaker, so let me take that off speaker. I did not record where we stopped on last week. So, as I was reading over the the lesson in Personal Piety um, on page 23, uh, again, Um, most of the time when it comes to what we're going to use as a lesson is something that um, strikes me in my core, something deep down inside um, registers with me, and I say, you know what, this is is where we're going to go. And um, many times it's a blessing to me, and and I hear the same from a whole lot of folks that say, you know what, that was a blessing to me. I needed that. So I thank God for that history. So we're going to start on page 23, uh, right above, you know what, right where the second paragraph starts where it says the three areas that Christ particularly speaks to our giving, praying, and fasting. To our giving, praying, and fasting. And in the midst of this, um, when we talk, when we flip over and, and we're talking about prayer, we're going to deal a little bit with forgiveness. Um, forgiveness. It's important, folks. It's important. So we're in this book, Kingdom Living. It comes out of this discovery series, Kingdom Living, Part 2, following the perspectives and practices of the king. Excuse me. The title of the book is Kingdom Living, Part 2, Following the Perspectives and Practices of the King. And um, I reiterate this over and over again. It's one thing to think, to hear ideas. It's another thing to put it in practice. So to know but not to do, that's when the Bible says that's sin. You know what to do, but you don't do it. No, it's not a struggle. You, I'm not talking about struggling. You know, I'm struggling with something to do it. No, you don't do it. You, you, that's, I'm, I'm not doing that. Oh, I know about it, but that's not even my goal. That's not my aim. When I don't do it, I'm not saying, Lord, forgive me. That's not my aim. I just know it. Father, right now, in the name of Jesus, we thank you, we praise you, and we bless your name. We honor you for being such an awesome God. Pray right now, in the name of Jesus, that you will move by your spirit in the midst of our Bible study, 
call your cause your spirit to teach, cause our our um, minds to be alert, and um, for us to focus during this time that we might truly hear from you. Thank you in the name of your son, Jesus. Let your will be done. In Jesus' name, somebody say amen. All right. Now, folks, especially the folks who have my number, uh, if you start getting feedback or if you start getting breaking up on the phone or whatever, um, anytime that happens, please um, give me a quick text and, and say that, you know, it's breaking up or I can't hear you. And and I'll try to adjust to make sure that 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 the um, study is not being interrupted. Um, my goal is to um, get to we should get to prosperity. Um, if if we get there, then we may do a little introduction, but we're going to stop right there. Page 23, and again, it says there are three areas. We talked about them, giving, praying, and fasting. And, and if it's not a part of your life, again, every last one of them, you've got to learn to give, give, give. Matter of fact, press your way into giving more than what you normally would. And, and it's a funny phrase. It's, to me, it's a good way to explain it, to say give until it hurts. Give until it hurts. So you're not giving away something that's easy for you to give away. Here is a dollar. But you're giving away something that it hurts you to give it away. You go, wow, I could have used that for me. I could have used that for my friend or my family. I'm not giving this to a stranger. And when that kind of mindset, you've got to understand, that's what God did for us. He gave to strangers who he called out of darkness. God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, and that was for folks who went against his principles. So we're looking at people who give, pray, and fast in order to be noticed. So there's one thing to give privately, to pray privately, to fast privately. There's another thing to do it in order to be noticed. And I say it often. I'll continue to say it. I think it's so important that it's not for someone else to bring it to your attention um, about your wrongdoing. It's for you to study, to show yourself approved. See, I believe that's why the, the wisdom of God in the Word of God, when it talks about study to show yourself approved unto God. So this is a studying of the principles, the practices, the characteristics of God himself in the person of Jesus Christ as he walked this earth, and then we put on the rubber band, put on the, uh, the, the leather band, uh, the gold chain with the plate on it that says what? What would Jesus do? And and what we're practicing is the things that we know Jesus would do. He's not doing it to be noticed. Many times you'll see that Jesus went off to pray, but he prayed in private. He gave, but he gave in private. 
Notice, uh, what does it say? Uh, not in order to be noticed and public, watch this, publicity, no, publicly, publicly affirmed his hypocrisy. Now, what with and what is that? That's verses. Now, if you look in chapter six, Matthew chapter six, you're looking at verse two. Therefore, when thou doest thy alms, do not sound a trumpet before thee, as the hypocrite does. It says, as the hypocrites do in the synagogues and in the streets. Thank you, Lord that they may have glory of men. Verily I say unto you, they have their reward. Now, again, the Bible is packed with wisdom. And the wisdom of God, when you, I'm talking when you really get it, and I, I speak often of your core, deep down inside, that's where, when I say your core, that's your heart. That's your, your, uh, your deep thoughts. Your, your, your continual thoughts, that's the deep part of you, and, and, and it makes up who you are. That's why the Bible talks about as the man thinketh in his heart, that's what's going to come out of his mouth. It's what, what is thought about in his heart, and that's the continual thought, that's what's going to wind up coming out of your mouth. And it's amazing because many times you, you won't know a person. I, I, I say it all the time. All you got to do is listen to a person, and they will tell you who they really are. When you listen, you really got to pay attention. And, and, and honestly, m many times it, it's, not a, it's not a real focused kind of thing. Just pay attention to what you're hearing, and, and you'll hear their heart. They are focused on getting attention. So here again, it says here, who give, pray, and fast in order to be noticed and publicly affirmed is hypocrite. Watch this, verse 2, verse 5. Verse 5 says, and when thou prayest, thou shalt not be as the hypocrites. For they love to pray, standing in the synagogue and in the corner of the streets, and they, that they may be seen of men. Verily, they have their rewards. Right? We did that one. Verse 16. Drop down to verse 16. Moreover, when you fast, be not as the hypocrite. Of a sad countenance. Now, again, this is the portrayal that I'm really going through something, feel sorry for me, and the feeling sorry for you is going to be the reward that you receive. They disfigure their faces that they may appear to men to fast. Verily I say unto you, they have their reward. Verse number 16, watch this. Verse number 16 it says, the truth is, 
when it comes to their faith. And I'm and I'm reading this out of the hold on a second, let me jump back up here. The easy to read easy to read Bible. Easy to read verse number sixteen. Watch this. When they fast, <clears throat> when you fast, don't make yourself look sad like hypocrites. They put a look of suffering on their face so that people will see they are fasting. The truth is that all, all the reward they, that is, that's all the reward they're going to get. That's, all, that's it. That's the totality of what they're going to get. Now, you've got to understand, when you're tapping into fasting, you're tapping into you being very, very strong in order to get something accomplished. And spiritually, I'm giving up this food or I'm giving up this item, I'm giving up this activity so I can tap into a greater strength. The Bible is saying you're not getting anything else outside of this. What is this? The folks feeling sorry for you because you look sad and that feeling sorry for you is what you're going to get. All right? Let's keep it moving. That's a little introduction. We're going to get a little deeper into that a little later. Hypocrites are people whose lives contradict the very essence of what they say they believe. And that should line up. What you say and what you believe, what you say, believe, and do, all that should line up. Oh, yeah, 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 it's very good that you know about the word. It's very good. You can teach the word. It's a whole nother thing to do it. It's a whole nother thing to believe it. And, and if we can tap a little bit into belief, that's what I'm saying. Faith, you've got to wrap everything in faith. If it doesn't sink down to the level of your core, to, to really deep into your heart, it's not coming to pass. I was scanning the channels the other day, and and one of the Star Wars was on. I believe it's one of the first ones. And Luke Skywalker, uh, the Jedi, he's trying to learn how to use the Force that's in him. And and it's working to a certain degree, but his faith, his his. What, what do they call it, the force, the force that's in him is not that strong. He hasn't learned how to control it to the point where he could move objects and, and, and be in control. Of. And, and that's how faith works. When it comes to faith and you believing and things happening, listen, if you're a little shaky, if you're, I'm, I'm, I'm thinking of uh, electricity, and there is static in the signal, or if there's if there's a short, thank you, Holy Ghost. There's a short in the in the wiring. You're not going to get the full power out of the item if there's a short in the wiring. When it comes to your faith, it's got to listen. You've got to be steady, and you've got to be dead on what you want. 
steady, you've got to be consistently. Keep on, yes, over and over again. This is going to happen. This is going to happen. This is going to happen. You cannot be, this is going to happen. This is going to happen. And, and watch this. This, hold on, let's call it A and B. A is going to happen. B is going to happen. And A and B are opposites, or A and B are close but are not the same. You've got to be steady on what you're doing. Then you've got to be consistent with it. Wow, I hope you hear me. No, you can never let it, don't let it go. That's when the Bible talks about you're tossed about with every wind and doctrine. You're going back and forth on what you believe. Thank you, Holy Ghost. Watch this. We did that. Da, 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 da. Watch this. Religious practice by nat- nature has its focus outside of and beyond ourselves. We practice faith activities on behalf of God. When we say we are serving God, but our intent is to serve ourselves. And, and, and that's the challenge when it comes to thy will be done. M- many times what gets in the way of thy will be done, totally turning your life and turning situations, thank you, God, over to God. It is not about your will. My will be done. It's thy will be done. Sounds similar, but are totally different in many areas. Thank you, God. Thy will be done and my will be done sound similar but are totally different in many areas. It's not about you serving yourself. We qualify as hypocrites. Doing God's work for our advantage robs God of the what? Glory do him. And that's where you really got to be careful. You've got to be, I meant really dead on when it comes to you trusting God to the point where you say, you know what, God, whatever you will have for me to do in this area, I trust you. I trust you. Top of page uh, 23, right side. The results, the results of serving ourselves will appearing while appearing serving ourselves while appearing to serve heaven is that we lose our eternal reward and let me tell you something the one thing you don't want to do is work all day and don't get paid the one thing you don't want to do is to start a project Finish the project, let's say you paint the room, and it looks horrible. The results you were looking for, you don't get. So the blessing that you're looking to receive, now we're frustrated with God. We're upset with God. We're upset with Christianity. We're taking it out on the church and the pastor and the members and the leadership. And in actuality, it was you not being focused, and now you're blaming somebody else. The reward that you want is coming from heaven. It's eternal. If you get your, watch this, if you get your reward on earth, you're not getting your eternal reward. If you get your eternal reward, 
more than likely, I'm almost absolutely 99.9% sure that you're not concerned about an earthly reward. That's why you get your heavenly reward. When we say we are serving God, but our intent is to serve ourselves, we qualify as hypocrites. Love that in the bold print. Intent. Our intent is so very important. So now we're looking at giving is to be done in secret. Giving is to be done in secret. You do not have to tell anybody. Nobody has to know that you gave uh, an additional $1,000 or you gave an additional uh, um, $5,000. Nobody has to know. Why? Because God says that's the way I want it done. See, again, all of this, when, when you see the way God laid this out when it comes to how we do things, guess what? The important part is that you understand if you do it the way God said do it, you're going to get what God said you can have. That's the important thing. Giving is done in secret with no thought of personal gain. So I'm giving, giving, giving. I already know God said what he's going to do. I'm going to reward you. When you diligently seek me, and that's when you seek him, you're doing his will. You're doing it not only what he said, the way he said do it. Watch this. And we are to pray in secret. Hold on a second. Give in secret. Pray in secret, trusting that our Father will hear us and do what? Help us. Verse 6. Let me go back up to the top here. Verse 4. Your giving should be done in private. Verse 6. And I did say 6. Yep, 6. But when you pray, you should go into a room and close the door. Then pray to your father. He is there in that private place. He can see what is done in private. Thank you, God. That's why I love it when I, when I go into the holies of holies. Right before I go into the holies of holies, I go to that incense of altar, and you're worshiping God. And when you worship God, guess what? You acknowledge that he is omnipotent. He is omnipresent. He's everywhere at the same time. He's right there. Lord, I need your help even now. And if you never experienced it, then listen, that's the relationship is going to be messed up if you've never experienced calling on him and sensing, it may not be a feeling, but sensing deep down inside, thank you, God. There's some, excuse me, there's some comfort that came about. There's some comfort that came about. So when the comfort comes about, guess what? You realize God is doing, thank you, God, he heard my prayer. If it's not in the moment, guess what? The prayer that you pray and you realize, guess the outcome, the results came to pass. That builds your relationship. 
For one, God was in that private place with you. For two, he rewarded you openly. For three, it built up your faith. It's making me trust him more. Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Watch what it, watch what, we're going to move on. It says, verse 9 and 13, he talks about the Lord's Prayer. In the Lord's Prayer, you're going to see it over and over again. Obedience and reward. Obedience and reward. Flip over, page 24. Page 24. So it talks about the fundamental needs of bread, forgiveness, and safety. It's important to hear, watch this, it's important to hear, it's important here to note that the closing focus of this prayer affirms that the kingdom is God's and the power and glory are his as well. It goes on, verse the second verse, Second paragraph, page 24, left side. And just in case we want to pray or we don't, we don't want to pray, it says, forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. Now, you're going to notice forgiveness is the utmost important for successful accomplishment in your prayer life. Not only successful in your prayer life, but for you to live out your Christian life is going to be important for you to give forgive as well. One, when it comes to prayer, God's not hearing your prayers if your prayer is blocked by unforgiveness. Two, you are walking in walking with a, a backpack of sin on your back if you have not God is not even hearing the request for your forgiveness if you're not forgiving others. Let's look at a few scriptures. All right, the first one, do I want to get out of this? Yes, I do. Let's go here. Bible Hub, I'm going to look this one up in Bible Hub. Look at Colossians chapter 3, verse 13. All right. Colossians 3.13. Now, again, in the Bible Hub, there's another uh, website that you can pull up multiple translations. And, again, I always break that down because if I see new numbers, new numbers on the, on the line, then I'm saying you never know who knows what. Uh, Living Bible, New Living Bible Translation. Colossians chapter 3, verse 13, make allowances 
for each other's faults. Let that soak in. And forgive one another. And forgive anyone who offends you. Forgive anyone who offends you. Remember, the Lord forgave you. So you must forgive others. Now, it doesn't matter. You can look at it in the, in the King James. You can look at it in another translation. When you let this soak in, guess what? You're letting folks off the hook quickly. Bearing with one another and forgiving one another, if anyone has a complaint against another, even as Christ forgave you, you also must do. Oh, what? Hold on. Must? What do you mean must do? Listen. Read it in another translation. You must forgive other people. You got to release them. In Matthew, after the Lord's prayer, and I believe, Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done, in earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. Forgive us. Lead us not to temptation. Verse number 14. I'm back in Matthew 6. For if ye forgive men their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. Now, again, you, you understand it. You got the perspective. But do you have the practice? You, I'm talking you are deep, deep down inside. You are just forget. You're letting folks off the hook. And particularly when they say, forgive me. Will you forgive me? Yes, I'm forgiving you. I'm letting them go. Now, I'm saying in particularly when they ask. Even if they don't ask, I'm on the cross, and I'm looking down at folks, and guess what? Forgive them, for they know not what they do. So when you realize that, guess what? This person is either under demonic influence. If they're not under the influence, they have uh, sinful practices. And, and again, uh, I believe that all evil comes from evil. At some point, somebody in the family did something evil or they did something, the person themselves did something evil, and guess what? They are now either under the influence or they have this sin practice, and, and, and it's a horrible thing. It's like somebody that's sick, and here you are beating them up because they're sick. I'm telling you, this is a, it's a concept that you can get in order for you to make it easier for yourself to release folks knowing that if you don't forgive them their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also not forgive you. Verse number 14, for if ye forgive men their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if ye forgive men, forgive not men their trespasses, neither will your Father forgive your trespasses. So now you're under the bondage of this sin. Colossians chapter 3, verse 13, we read it. You must forgive. 
All right, let's flip to another one. Luke 17, 3. And we're going to look at 3 and 4. But in this particular parallel Bible, so they'll give you many different versions at the same time, you only can do one verse at a time. Watch what it says. You must forgive. Looking at the Living Bible again. So watch yourself. If another believer sins, rebuke that person. Then if there, if there is repentance, forgive. Uh, here's another translation. It says, take heed to yourself. If the brother, if your brother sins, rebuke him. And if he should repent, forgive him. I'm looking at another translation. Here it is, contemporary English version. So be careful what you do. Correct any followers of mine who sin. Where it says rebuke, this translation says correct. Correct them if they're, if they're wrong. If you see that they've sinned, you know you shouldn't have done that. However, forgive them. Okay, last translation. Another translation says reprove. So you got rebuke, correct, reprove. Okay, that was verse number three. Verse number four says, Luke 17.4, New International Version. Even if they sin against you, Lord have mercy, seven times in a day, let it soak in, folks, because some folks, I mean, they sent one time seven years ago, seven months ago, seven weeks ago, seven days ago, seven hours, it says, if they sin against you seven times in a day and seven times come back to you saying, I repent, you must forgive them. So when it comes to your prayer, one of the things that will hinder your prayer is an unforgiving spirit. If you have an unforgiving spirit, you've got to know the total repercussions of you not forgiving, the impact that it's going to have on your spiritual life. Watch this. The impact it's going to have on your physical life. Why? Because there's something that you're supposed to be praying about to get breakthrough in something physical, 
and you're not going to be heard. Last scripture. Ephesians chapter 4, look at verse 31. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 31. King James Bible says, Let all bitterness, wrath, anger, clamor, evil speaking be put away from you with all malice. Let all, listen, and this is, again, the study to show yourself approved when you say, oh, well, I don't know what bitterness is. You know what anger is. Clamor. I don't know what clamor is. Study to show yourself approved. Get rid of bitterness, rage, anger, harsh words. That's the living Bible, new living. And slander. Evil behaviors. Anything that you can dub as an evil behavior, get rid of it. Outcries, anger, outcries, slander, Berean study Bible. Rage, anger, outcry, slander, along with every form of malice. Go down, down, down. Where's the other one? Okay, hold on a second. Here we go. And I th- Good news. Good news translation. Get rid of bit- bitterness, passion, anger, no more shouting or insults. Help us, God. No more, watch this, hateful feelings of any sort. No, no, no. That's got to soak in. No more hateful thoughts, hateful feelings is what it says in the Good News Translation. No more hateful feelings of any sort. Study to show yourself approved unto God. Watch that. That's verse number 31. Watch this. Verse number 32. Living Bible. Instead, be kind to each other, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, just as God through Christ has forgiven you. And this is a part of um, where, where we're going after, after we finish with this book. We're going into the tabernacle prayer, praying through the tabernacle. And when you pray through the tabernacle, you're going to see it over and over again where you deal with with the character of Christ. When you start dealing with the character of Christ, then you start to see that, guess what? All that Christ did for me, I'm exemplifying here on earth right now with my brothers and sisters. Let's keep it moving. It says, forgiving us our debts, I'm back in the book, 24, second Left side, second paragraph. Forgive us our debts as we also forgive our debtors. Love it the way it's written. Forgive as we forgive. I'm forgiving and letting everybody go. Immediately, 
I'm understanding that's an attack of the enemy, and the enemy is not going to listen. I'm settled in my spirit that this person is going to get the victory over that demonic presence. Break every chain, break every chain, break every chain. It's not an individual unless God himself tells me in my spirit, don't pray for him. I'm going to war for that person in that instance as quickly as I can. Why? Because, one, that's what Christ did for me. Two, I'm going to see them get the breakthrough. Christ reminds us that if we are unwilling to forgive those who have offended us, how do we expect to ask him to forgive us? It moves on into the third paragraph. When you fast, we are not to do we are not to do so as as others will notice how spiritual we are by our grunt. Our gunt, gunt, and frail appearance. Because fasting is a personal thing between us and our Father. Fasting is a personal thing between us and our Father. And what you don't want to do is to go through fasting, and while you're fasting, void the the promise of God, and it's not voiding the promise of God, it's ending because God promises that when you do it my way, between me and you, I'm going to bless you. You're going to, matter of fact, let's look at this. We're going to look at some different ways that when it comes to fasting, some of the benefits of you fasting. I'm on a website Faith Gateway, Why Should I Fast? Examples of Fasting in the Bible. It's got seven different ways right here. Watch this. To prepare for ministry. Number one, to prepare for ministry. Jesus spent 40 days and 40 nights in the wilderness fasting. Number two, to seek God's will, wisdom. Seek God's wisdom. Paul and Barnabas prayed and fasted for the elders of the church. Number three, to show grief. To show grief. Nehemiah mourned and fasted and prayed when he learned about Jerusalem's walls that had been broken down. Many times, listen, you're going through something, you say, guess what? I'm giving up some food. I'm giving up TV. I'm, I'm, I'm going to fat this between me and God, and, and God knows that I like this, or I like, it's always a way of showing God where you are at the moment. One, you're preparing for ministry. Two, you're seeking God's wisdom. Three, you're showing grief. Number four, seeking deliverance or protection. You're seeking deliverance 
or protection. Ezra declared a corporate fast and prayed for a safe journey for the Israelites as they made what? The 900-mile trek to Jerusalem from Babylon. When you're seeking deliverance and protection, so you realize this is a stronghold on my life and I want to be delivered, and you fast. That's number four. You're seeking deliverance or protection. Oh, my God. You know what? I believe she's under an attack. I'm going to fast for her. I'm going to fast for him. Number five, to repent. Lord, I'm sorry. After Jonah pronounced judgment against the city of Nineveh, the king covered himself with sackcloth and sat in the dust. He then ordered the people to fast and to pray. God, I'm sorry. Grief, somebody died. Grief, I'm going through something. Seeking wisdom, you're getting ready to go into ministry for deliverance or protection to repent. Number five, to repent. Lord, I'm sorry. We have done, watch this, we've done wrong by you. We've done wrong by you. To repent, number five. Number six, to gain the victory. And I think this is the one that most people, they know. So whether I'm I'm preparing for ministry, I'm going to group everything under to gain victory in ministry. Wisdom, gain the victory over stupidity or ignorance, just to gain the victory. Number six, we use that on everything. You, you, you've got to know that there's some different areas when it comes to you fasting that the results are going to come in these areas to gain the victory. After losing 40,000 men in battle in two days, the Israelites cried out to God, for help. Last one, number seven, to worship God. No, God, this is just all about you. You are such an awesome God. You have blessed us. We're fasting just to say, God, you're awesome. Oh, Lord, you are awesome. Oh, Lord, you are awesome. Oh, Lord, that's, no, 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 it's like the angels flying around in heaven. Holy, 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 God, you're awesome. To worship him. There's a story in the book of Luke of 84, a 84-year-old prophetess named Anna, verse 37 in Luke 2, says she never left the temple but worship night and day, fasting and praying. And she was devoted to God. Amen. Now watch this. It says that there, despite biblical examples throughout Scripture, many Christians are slow to fast. The writer here says they believe that there are three main factors that cause believers to hesitate. When I saw them, I, it resonated with me. 
fear, ignorance, and rebellion. Fear, ignorance, and rebellion. I thought I might share them. I thought they would be a blessing to you. There's a second website. The website is said, why should God... Oh, no, 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 that's another part. Here you go. Biblical reasons for fasting. Biblical reasons for fasting. Watch this. Matthew chapter 6, and this is the one we read. Um, we're reading in the text. Six, 16 to 18, and when you fast, and that's the only part I want to read, that he's expecting us to fast because he says, when you fast, you're going to fast. You have to fast in order to have the power that you're going to need because of where you're going in Christendom, you're going to have to fast. You humble yourself before God when you fast, Psalms 35 and 13. Humble yourself before God. Yet when they were ill, I put on sackcloth and humbled myself with fasting. Psalms 35, 13. Number three was distress and grief. We went over that one. Repentance was number four. And, and if I'm skipping them again because we went over those in, on the other website, So repentance, repentance is one. That's verse number four. And spiritual strength, that's number five. We talked about that. Discipline. This is number six on this particular website. Number six, discipline. First Corinthians chapter nine, verse 27. But I disciplined my body, and, kit, and keep it under control. Lest after preaching to others, help us God, I myself should be disqualified. After helping so many people, I be disqualified. I don't receive the reward because I lack discipline. I just thought it would be good to share. When it comes to you praying, when it comes to you fasting, it's discipline, folks. It strengthens, number seven, it strengthens your prayer. It strengthens your prayer. We have preparing for ministry, seeking wisdom, the grief, deliverance, repentance, gains victory. Gains victory is in that same vein. It strengthens your prayer. Matthew seventeen twenty one. But this kind does not go out except by prayer and fasting. So there's an area that you see clearly you're not getting breakthrough. 
Father, I'm fasting for two reasons. One, I want breakthrough. If I'm not getting breakthrough in this area, Lord, I need wisdom. I need understanding. I need you to help me to discern what I'm supposed to do. I need direction. I like number eight. It says express love and worship of God. Now, we did worship on the other website. Seek God. Uh, wisdom, we did that. Protection, repentance. Worship was number seven. Worship God. And this one, uh, express love and worship to God. And I just like the way that one flowed. Love and to worship God. And when we express the love for God, Luke 2 and 37 Luke 2 and 37, and that was the same verse that was used on the other website. Thank you, Holy Ghost. Worshiping with fasting and praying day and night. I just talked about this one. This is number nine, guidance, helping, making important decisions. Acts chapter 13, verse 2. Acts chapter 13, verse 2. Same as preparing for ministry. You could think of it that way. Wisdom. Acts chapter 13, verse 2. While they were worshiping the Lord and fasting, the Holy Spirit said, Set apart Barnabas and Saul for the work to which I have called them. You say, I want to hear from God. I want to hear from God. I want to hear from God. Well, guess what? The Bible is showing. Here is an example of one of the patriarchs of God in the word of God that fasted and prayed, and when they fasted and prayed, the, the Holy Spirit said, thank you, God. And then the last one, number 10, drawing closer to God and separating yourself. Thank you, Holy Ghost. Separating yourself from the world, drawing closer to God, and separating yourself from the world. James chapter 4, verse number 8, draw near to God, and he will draw near to you. Cleanse your hands, ye sinner, and purify your heart, ye double-minded. I hope you get it when it says, purify your heart. And then immediately it talks about being double-minded, mind and thinking, heart and thinking. Purify your hearts, you double-minded. So when it comes to the concept of your heart being your deep thoughts, and then you're double-minded in your thinking, it's going to be difficult for you to accomplish anything in God because you're flip-flopping back and forth. I don't know if God can handle this. Uh, this is in my hands and it's out of control. Listen, you got to know you cannot be double-minded. Spend the last few, few minutes. Oh, it's James. James. Chapter 4, James chapter 4, we was looking at verse number 8. Okay. Now watch this. <clears throat> over and over again, 
Draw nigh to God, he'll draw nigh to you. Cleanse your, cleanse your hands, ye sinners. Purify your hearts, ye double-minded. Be afflicted and mourn and weep. Let your laughter be turned to mourning and your joy to heaviness. Humble yourselves in the sight of the Lord, and he shall do what? Lift you up. Reading verse number 8 again in the easy to read. It says, come near to God. He'll come near to you. You are sinners, so clean sin out of your lives. You are trying to follow God in the world at the same time. Make your thinking pure. Last translation, good news translation, verse number 8. Come near to God, he'll, he will come near to you. Wash your hands, you sinner. Purify your hearts, you hypocrites. We talked about that over and over again tonight. Saying one thing, thinking one thing, doing something else. Quit playing the field. Hit bottom and cry your eyes out. The fun and games are over. Get serious, really serious. Get down on your knees before the master. It's the only way you're going to get on your feet. That was the Message Bible translation. Message Bible translation. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Won't forget tonight. I'm, I'm going to write it down. Uh, God willing, February the da, 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 26th. February the 26th, that'll be 2-26-20. We will start with prosperity. Prosperity. Thank you, God, for tonight. Giving, praying, with praying, forgiveness, and then fasting. With fasting. Praying couple praying with fasting, find out how it blesses you. Amen? All right. Thank you again for participating in the Bible study. God willing, I will, um, God willing, we will talk to you on next week. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.